Welcome to another episode of Comedy Way and Presents with me. <laughs> yep, with me, your host Valerie, and sometimes Kitty co-hosts Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you did I just think Comedy Wang? Oh my I, god, I mean, this you know. day. <laughs> Comedy Wham! brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column Rochelle takes on comedy, our festivals page listing upcoming festivals across the country and the world, and more. We're best known for our events page for live comedy shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW, where 100% of the entries you see come from comics and producers. If you want your show featured on the calendar, click the Submit a Show button from the top of the homepage or events page to complete the short survey. It's free and easy. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we'll share your show promo to our Instagram followers. Want to support these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham! on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Click the Support CW icon on the top right of our homepage to see the ways that you can help us. Now back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the pro- Man, this is just not meant to be. The podcast project brings you funny people and their stories and their really tongue-twisted host. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please, 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 please rate and review us. Today, we are talking to a graduate of Boom Chicago in the Netherlands. She is a trained actress. She has directed and acted in the award-winning Twinsies, a comedic short film. She has a band called Hollow. Yeah, Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) I met her at the 2023 Lissa Comedy Festival, and she has the most positive energy, which is why, and now we just do a deep fake here, we have brought her here for our holiday episode coming out christmas and new year's ish and now coming <laughs> way presents our guest tiana stewart hi hi i loved it i loved every bit of that that was amazing i uh, do not typically flub that much as i said launched in 2016 i pretty much read the same introduction Every single episode, little tweaks here and there. Uh, that was a record-breaking <laughs> flubbed intro. <laughs> I don't know. I think you picked up on like my energy, and, uh-huh. and you're like, I'm just going to make her feel really comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do what Tiana's about to do for like 45 minutes. <laughs> that, and I thought, you know what? That is just, this is going to give the mystique that I've been drinking a lot of eggnog, because it mm, is our holiday yeah. episode. <laughs> I love it. I actually have been, um, I just got almond milk, but it's holiday nog. And I thought it was like a vegan or or vegetarian version of eggnog. There's no consistency. It's almond milk with cinnamon. And so if uh, Malk is listening, (laughs) I have been deceived. (laughs) It's still tasty, but I thought it was going to be that thick, like comforting and just tastes like almond milk with cinnamon. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, you know, they tried, I guess. They tried. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's something that I saw that I'm like, yeah, I just can't get into that. And I, uh, 
Because I know cheeses, they've made mm-hmm. great progress yeah. with, with vegan cheeses since the early days of trying vegan cheeses, sure. which was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but there was, oh, I wish I could remember. Maybe by the end of the, uh, of the episode, I will remember. Think, whipped cream. That's what it was. I'm like, oh. how? <laughs> how? What are you whipping? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Air, like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, just how? like, no, this, this can't possibly, this can't possibly work. Yeah, so, there, anyway. there's a few products that I'm like, mm-hmm, pass. <laughs> then there's a few that I'm like, okay, yeah, there's obvious, you know, magic and yeah. witchcraft in this, yeah. but I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tiana, welcome, and uh, I, I do have an official icebreaker question. Oh, I love icebreaker question. And it is one word to describe your past. Oh my goodness. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think uh, you shattered the ice with that one. Um, yeah. Uh, what's what's a good word to describe like zany? Zany. Yeah, oh, I, I think like I'm going to go with zany. That's very cute. Yeah. It's very on brand for you. <laughs> you're like you're giving zany. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. your aura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty zany. Pretty zany. Um because of your your uh, travels to the Netherlands, mm-hmm. I am curious. Are you are you an Austin native, or did you grow up somewhere else? Yeah, so I grew up in San Antonio. Ah, actually, yeah, born okay. and raised. Go Spurs, go! Yeah, um, and also remember the Alamo. Yes, of course. <laughs> Never forget that. <laughs> um, every school year, you know, every uh, yeah. trip was, hey, hey, we're going to the Alamo again. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was born and raised in San Antonio, and around 17 or 18, I moved up here. Okay. I've also lived in Fort Worth, uh, Seattle. I've oh lived in Oregon, and then yeah, I lived in Amsterdam from 2016 to 2019. Oh wow. Okay, well, uh, to since this is an audio-only podcast, mm-hmm. I will say, as an older person myself, you look all of 17 now, <laughs> so I don't know how you could have spent your life post-high school or uh, traveling to all these different places <laughs> and living a while. I know, it seems, uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I can assure you that I have had some time on this earth. <laughs> I have had some time on this earth. Um, but also, I didn't spend too much time in each place. I spent a year in Oregon, okay. and then I spent a year in Seattle, and then I bounced back and forth from Austin and Fort Worth for a few years, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, Amsterdam. And then we moved back to Austin, yeah. and I've been here ever since. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, I don't know how well you know Fort Worth, but I grew up in Burleson, which is oh. just south of Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah. So... Very. I, is Burleson where you have you cannot speed? There is a city oh, that you know. cannot speed through. If if that is the case, that is a <laughs> recent is development. <laughs> Burleson is where you cannot you cannot not stop for food. It's where they have just ah. like a ton of restaurants all along thirty five. Nice. And it's you know that wasn't the the city that I grew or the town that I grew mm-hmm. up in. It was just all rural. And, you know, it just blew up in the last 20 years as a, as a, like, official suburb. Do you ever find yourself a little jealous of, like, people who live there now who have all the conveniences of all the restaurants? Because that's how I, like, I yeah. find myself kind of being like, ah, where was that when I was growing up? Okay, so as a, as a confessed Starbucks junkie, <laughs> the only time I have felt jealous is when they finally got a Starbucks. A Starbucks. <laughs> but even then, it wasn't close to where my parents lived, so it was still yeah. quite a, quite a... Quite a uh, jump. Jaunt, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I do comedy, 
one of the jokes that I have, and the very first joke that I ever formally wrote is about how racist my hometown was. Oh, wow. And so for that reason yeah. alone, mm-hmm. not a lot I miss about that hometown. True. Yeah, totally understandable. <laughs> You're like, y'all can just leave me alone yeah, yeah. <laughs> forever. I think they've made some progress, mm-hmm. but I, whenever I visit, I'm like, mm, yeah, you guys don't think, I don't think you understand what diversity is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh yes, this is this is not not for me anymore. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> or has ever been. Yeah, not that Austin has diversity nailed, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's still it's still needing some work there yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 So, okay, <laughs> all right. So we've meandered around you moving around a lot, but being raised in San Antonio, mm-hmm. which I I also spent about five years living in San Antonio. So. Oh, that's yeah. cool. What did you think of it? Uh. I, well, I was in my early 20s, mm-hmm. so I hated it because yeah. it was so family-focused. Oh, that was the impression that I got. Mm-hmm. There were plenty of things. I had friends, and you know, there were plenty of things to do. Yeah. And I did go to Spurs games also, <laughs> and the Alamo yeah. every time a friend came in town. Right, the river walk. <laughs> the gotta river get, walk. Gotta get those awful margaritas. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. Yeah. Uh, but now I have some friends that, that have lived there for a long time and we love going to visit them. And it's just, you know, of course we don't go as tourists anymore. We just go hang out with my friends, but, uh, my son will have swim meets down there and we'll, Mm. we'll hang out. We love the boba. We found a a a boba boba place place? and in only in San Antonio. We're waiting for them to open. Oh, they haven't opened. Oh, they haven't opened one up here. No. And and they're a chain down there. So I'm like, okay, come on. Yeah. Expand, please. (laughs) We have our little card, punch card every time we go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I think San Antonio is really good for going back, especially if you've lived there and you, and I feel that's one thing that I cherish about San Antonio is I can go there and my spots from growing up are still there yeah. and the people are still there. Oh. Uh, my grandparents went to this uh, Mexican food restaurant. Um, I want to say it was La Posada del Rey. Could be something else um, <laughs> uh, because I was a kid. So, uh-huh. the, you know, the names all mix. But um, there was a, a gentleman there. I believe his name was Robert. I could be wrong about that. That could have been my hairstylist growing up. I don't know. Um, but he would always kiss our hands. Huh. Like, you know, just like a gentle, like just yeah. grab the lady's hands and give them a little kiss. And uh-huh. it was just so enchanting as a kid. Yeah. He'd be like, oh my goodness, what a prince. And uh, my grandma loved it. My mom, like we all went. Anyways, I went back there um, not that long ago, a few years ago. He's still there. Oh my gosh. And we walked in. I took my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, you remember her, this little thing? Look at her now. <laughs> and kissed my hand. And I was just like, so there's there's a little yeah. bit of that that I treasure because, you know, Austin has changed, has changed so much since yeah. I first moved here when I was 18. And yeah. that was a really like formative time. So I I kind of emotionally latched on to a bunch of places here mm-hmm. and they're gone. Yeah. The yeah. people are gone. They're moved. And so they've moved. And so... There is a little piece of me that's like, at least there's San Antonio. Yeah. And Robert will kiss my hand and then <laughs> I'll get to eat some beans and like, because they have the best uh, uh, barracho bean, you know, uh-huh, and I'm just yeah. like, there's little things that I can go back and tap in, yeah. you know, and time travel, time yeah. travel a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It seems that the, the biggest thing that has changed for San Antonio is the highway system. It mm. is so insane. Uh, yeah. We drive through 281 to 1604. This is going to be an all San Antonio talk podcast, so we apologize. <laughs> Everybody was like, she lived in Amsterdam. I can't no. wait to hear about that. And I'm yeah. like, no, yeah, San but um, 281 and 410. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and when when I when I was working there, which is the early '90s, there was a restaurant literally called Thai Restaurant, mm-hmm. and it's off Babcock and Callahan. And at the time, like Thai food was not big; it was not a right. thing. So to be yeah. called Thai Restaurant yeah. was like oh, okay, very literal. <laughs> and to your point, it is still there. Oh, and so after yeah. swim meets, I will we'll go and eat there, and I have now added memories because my son finally mastered eating with chopsticks oh. at that restaurant. So it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish people could see how how like I'm smiling <laughs> so big right now because that's how I feel. I'm like, man, yeah. I've I've yeah, that's so cool that it's like it turns into a generational thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and what a good core memory for mm-hmm. your sons. Like, I learned how to use chopsticks right here with yeah. my mom. Ch- kids. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, it can be passed yeah. on for so long. So, yeah, I yeah. do, I love that about San Antonio is there are a few places that are just, they're still there. Yeah, yeah. They're still there. <laughs> okay, well, let's get to the comedy part of yeah. Comedy <laughs> Wham Podcast. And how has comedy, and for you, it's not really comedy like we we talked before we recorded you have done one official open mic right but you are like hardcore performer like actress yeah. director writer yeah. so like you're the whole package stand-up is a very very tiny part of, of of who you are so tell me about your life as it relates to performance growing up. Yeah. I mean, I was always performing even when I wasn't asked to. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there, I just remember this, uh, we were at my grandparents' house in Austin one day and you know, my family loved karaoke hmm. and I was like, I want to sing Tiffany. I want to <laughs> sing Tiffany. And I did. And I just remember my dad for the first time kind of being like, Huh? <laughs> he looked over and he's like, she's got vibrato and like, she's not going off key. What is this? And, um, and yeah, so like singing was always such a huge part of growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, got into theater in high school. Um, but before that I was in an, I was in a program. My dad took me to a program called Naya Network for Young Artists. It's still around in San Antonio. Uh, of course. And they take, um, young kids and they kind of, it's, it's almost like the Mickey Mouse Club of San Antonio. They teach you how to, you know, sing and, uh-huh. and, and dance and, uh, and do all, you know, these creative artistic things, but they, they let you do that in front of huge crowds of people. Ah. So I grew up singing at Market Square and La Vaita and and, uh, SeaWorld. And and so that was my first experience. And of course, I'm just singing karaoke, but I mean... We were singing country. We were singing Spanish songs. We were singing uh, old uh, uh, classics. And so um, singing, I think, came first. Mm. And then when I was 18, I was like, I I would really like to not sing karaoke anymore. Mm. And uh, so I was given a guitar Ah. and I was self-taught because I, you know, somebody was like, you sound like Jewel. And I didn't know who that was. I didn't know who that was. And I started listening to her and I was like, okay, I think, I think they, yeah, okay, maybe. Wow. (laughs) And so um, then, you know, that developed into several bands and playing with friends and playing shows. And so I I feel like um, music and singing came first Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I tapped into theater uh, or went back to theater, um, there was a point in time that I hit a certain decade age. <laughs> 
And I was like, I don't know if I want to do X, Y, and Z for the rest of my life. I think yeah. I want to get back to acting because theater was such a big part of my life in high school. And uh, it was a comedic play, and I got the lead. And, uh, and, I, and I really played into the facial expressions, and that was kind of my first indication that I was like, am I funny? <laughs> the director being like your face uh, you know is half oh, the play oh wow and so I was like oh what and, and I just remember having so much fun making people laugh there was you know I had I had had certain reactions singing right it was like oh wow good voice oh my mm-hmm. goodness you know and I, I liked that admiration yeah but man there was something that really came oh, alive wow. when I made people laugh and also my dad was really funny my mom's really funny and so watching people react to their jokes it was kind of like a weird subconscious, like, I belong now. <laughs> I'm part of this crew. Uh-huh. And um, so, yeah, acting. And then it was just kind of like one comedic role after another. and All in theater? In film, too. Oh, in film. Okay. Yeah, so theater. But then my film roles were comedic. Okay. And then I found that when I would land a serious part, I could do it. Uh-huh. And it was great. But it didn't bring me that, like... Mm. A, that high, for lack of a better yeah. word, I wouldn't go home and be like, "Woohoo! This is this is great. This is a great life." You know, uh-huh. I'd be like, "Wow, I, I did I did a good job." Yeah. Um, and so for for comedy, you know, w- when we moved to Amsterdam, I fell back into the music, and so I had I had a trio there. We would mm. play music and perform all over Amsterdam. But my husband, for one year gave me um, a gift certificate for Boom Chicago for ah, improv classes. Okay. And uh, it was every Saturday. And then I always teased it was wife daycare. Because <laughs> I was like, every Saturday I would go away for three hours and he would have the loft to himself. And, uh, but I loved it. And then, um, and I could be wrong, but my recollection is they hadn't really had a bunch of, they had classes, but what they did when I was there was they teamed up with a theater outside uh, in London, um, which was created by Mike O.T., who was a, a Boom Chicago performer. Okay. And basically, they combined curriculums. They combined the Boom Chicago curriculum and this London school curriculum and, uh, and then did, like, months of classes. Months of classes, but it was the same group, and it was almost like, an improv boot camp. Mm-hmm. And within, you know, we were, we performed an Armando. So that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, that was like my first exposure to long form improv. Okay. And I loved it. Uh. And we were there, we were watching shows at Boom Chicago all the time. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so it's so funny. Cause I, I often have to correct people. Because they'll say, oh, you were you were a cast member at Boom Sugar. No, yeah, no, no. that's no. what I was thinking, I know. too. I know. And I have to be very clear. No, no, no. I was a student. Yeah. <laughs> I was a student there. That, uh-huh. That's where I trained. I first trained. And then I came back to Austin. The pandemic happened. Hmm. And then um, I studied dramatic acting for a year, right before the pandemic, actually. Yeah. Because um, I was, you know, my agent was like, let's get back to work. You're back in, you're back in the States. Let's get back to work. Wait, wait. I, got, I have to stop you here. Mm-hmm. You, you, you went for dramatic acting, even though just mm-hmm. minutes ago you told me. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it doesn't make sense to me either. <laughs> and I think it was just because, um, because it doesn't make sense because even before I left, Sine Hale, who's a, um, who is a Boom Chicago performer as well as uh, a cold town. We, I call them townies. That's probably mm. the only, I'm the, probably the only person that says it, but I call people who are a cold town yeah. townies. Uh-huh. And um, 
I asked her, I said, when I go back to the States, which theater should I go to? She said, Coal Town. And so I had that in the back of my head, but I don't know. I got back into town and I was like, dramatic acting it is. It was a weird decision. And and I I know this, the story because I just, uh, last month I had an article (laughs) about Cold Town come Uh out in the Austin Chronicle and I got you to, to, to contribute. And that was one of the things that you said Mm -hmm. that you had this, this fellow boom Chicagoan who, who recommended. Yeah. Were you open to going anywhere in the country or were you set on coming back to Austin after you left. I was set on coming back to Austin. Okay. Because another piece of me is I've been a nanny, a professional oh. nanny since I was 18. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, and the family that, I, that I'm that i with now, currently, uh-huh. I've been with almost 14 years. <gasps> It'll be 14 years this year. Oh or this, my gosh. Yeah, this month. Wow. And so, um, you know, before the youngest was even born. Wow. So part of me went to Amsterdam without my child, <laughs> without my kids, without my boss who's one of my best friends. And so the idea was that we were always going to go. And then once the visa ran out or whatever, we'd yeah. come back to Austin, regroup uh-huh. and then see what, you know, but I, I was always planning on coming back to my family. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm still with them today. I see them every Monday, wow. <laughs> even though I tell her, I'm like, I feel like I'm taking advantage of you at this point. <laughs> I'm just coming over to play football and watch, you know, movies and, and help with homework. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the plan was always to come back to Austin. Okay. And I had signed with an agency, a talent agency, right before moving to Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Because I signed with an agency and then we found out we were moving a couple months or maybe a year later. Mm-hmm. And so I told my agent, I was like, hi. <laughs> um, so are you uh, in a good place <laughs> emotionally today? <laughs> And uh, she was like, just let me know when you get back. Let me know when you get back. And so, yeah, the plan was to come back, start working acting-wise again, uh-huh. um, be with my family, and just kind of ground again. Yeah, yeah. So a year of act- dramatic acting classes. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the dramatic <laughs> acting? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny that you ask because I feel like the scripts that were given to me, um, especially by um, one pr- one teacher in particular, who I felt like really saw me as a performer versus just like another. Not that any of the teachers didn't see me as a performer, yeah. but I felt like one really kind of noticed where I could go comedically, mm-hmm. and so he would always give me scripts that were com- comedies ah. for scene scene work. And when I switched to the other teacher, it was dramatic stuff again. And I liked it because it was a muscle I needed to exercise for my career in acting. But it was the comedic scripts that I was like, I had them, I went home and I, I would, you know, learn the world. I would learn the story. I would learn the lines. I would have fun, you know, exploring and doing the work for that scene. But when it was the dramatic acting, I was just, procrastination, I was putting it off. Mm. I just didn't find it interesting. Yeah. And I would do it because it's my job and... You know, I great muscles. Um, I picked up a lot of good techniques to keep me safe as a performer. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're living in so many different realities. you got to learn to make sure you can turn those off yeah. <laughs> and they don't follow you. Sure. Um, so that was great. But it was the comedic scripts that mm. I, I was like, oh, man. And so after the pandemic lifted, I had two choices. I could go back because, I, you know, I was in the master class. So I could go back and, and do that. Or I could try improv again <laughs> ah, uh-huh. and I and so Sine in my ear was like call down call down call down and um I signed up for classes wow 
Yeah. Very cool. And haven't looked back since. No, I haven't <laughs> looked back. And it was funny because I, I had signed up for uh, level one. But I reached out to Drew, who's a teammate of mine and also a teacher at Cold Town. And uh-huh. I said, hi, um, I don't want to do level one. <laughs> <laughs> I studied for a long time at Boom Chicago. Can I please just, I'll go to level two. But I cannot do like the level one uh, again. And he was like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, come to level two. And so uh-huh. um, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be broadcasting yeah. that. But I, I mean, there are a lot of, there are some people that, like, that's what I love about Cold Town is that they intake you, they give, you know, who are you as a performer? What is your experience? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of work with you from there. They're not like, nope, for money's sake, you got to start at level one. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I love about them. Yeah. Well, and you've also had three years, right? Three years at Boom Chicago? No, no, classes? no. Um, I lived in Amsterdam, but uh, no, it was about a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Which is the same amount of time as like the Cold Town Conservatory. It's about yeah. a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a lot to keep straight on this eggnog. Right, well, glug. no, it's a lot to keep straight too. Cause I'm, I mean, it's like, I, you know, technically it's like, yeah, 2016 to 2019, I experienced three winters, <laughs> but technically it was only like two and two years and a few months. Uh-huh. So it is hard to keep track of when you're doing, I mean, you're trying to like, okay, this is when I moved and this is when I moved back. Uh-huh. And there are three winters in that time, but technically it's only, I don't uh-huh. know. Time is... It's stupid. I don't, like it. yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So tell me about uh, whatever you can mm-hmm. uh, being represented for acting. Mm-hmm. Like, give us a little insight into that, that world yeah. of, of being represented and the types of opportunities that you, you get and how, how much say you get into to the opportunities that you pursue. Oh, that's a great question. Because I feel like that's one thing I really love about my agent is I feel like we're partners. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's been so many conversations with her that I'm like, hey, I know I'm asking questions that make it sound like I'm, I don't trust you or, Mm. you know, but technically I am the CEO of my company. (laughs) So like, and we work together and and she's always been so great about being an agent as well as a a manager. She is, um, I can text her. I can call her and she'll call me back. And um, I mean, we've had conversations for hours on the phone. I mean, we're, we're buds. Wow. And so it does, I like that. And I've only ever signed with her. And, uh, and you know, there's always, there's always competition in the, in the world of everything, right? Sure. And so there are other agencies and, and my other acting friends who are with other agencies, but we all talk. We all talk. And the important thing is you find somebody that works well for you. Yeah. And she and she works really hard on my account, and she pays attention. So a lot of stuff she sends me out on mm-hmm. is comedic work. Almost all of the commercials I've booked are comedies. Yeah. I just got back from filming one in Oklahoma, which was a, a ridiculous comedy that I'm so excited about. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I mean, I was in uh, gowns and a and a. a, a huge powder wig <laughs> with a crown and it was like I guess flown in from Italy oh and my it was gosh. like a real powder wig so one thing I love about my agent is she's like okay Tiana's the goofball in the agency uh-huh. she's my goof on the roster so if there's a comedic opportunity that's what I'm going to send her out for mm. first she also knows I'm a singer and a musician so one thing that I like about her is she's gotten to know me over the years and not only know what like what I'm capable of as a performer but what I like to do. And I think that's really important because I don't, 
yeah, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta go for commercials that are just mom characters in the background <laughs> making cupcakes for the kids. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. But I remember telling her, I would get, I got really frustrated one year because I hadn't really booked anything, you know, and I had been signed with her for a while and I was uh-huh. just like, and this was when I was studying dramatic acting. I was just like, I done. I said, don't. Mm. And I threw a fit. Oh. I divaed out. <laughs> I sent her the most dramatic email. I mean, if anybody like did the whole actor thing, it was me. And I was like, do not send me for commercials anymore. Oh. Do not do that. I am, I am done. I am, you know, and I feel like every actor comes to a point where they're just like, I'm done. Yeah. And she metaphorically like tapped me on the head, like there, there, little little girl. <laughs> and I booked a commercial that month, and then oh I gosh. and then I've been booking ever since. And so it was just one of those things that I was just. She was like, "You have every right to quit, but um, I'm just gonna ignore you for a few more weeks <laughs> <laughs> and see what happens." And she, so yeah, she she did. She was just like, "Okay, well, just give me a few more auditions, and then you know we can part ways if you want." Yeah. And it wasn't that I was wanting to part away from her. It was just done with acting because hmm. I was doing the dramatic stuff. And then every commercial was mom in the background eating a sandwich. Remember, you really love that sandwich because you're a mom. And I'm just like, this is bogus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not what I want to do. So, yeah, um, that's kind of where we went with the with the journey of being signed yeah. with her. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is getting to know the casting directors in town and kind of developing a separate relationship with them. Hmm. And... Um, Developing your own audition style, um, especially now in the world of self-tapes. You know, I've, I've found a particular style, a comedic style that I like, which uh-huh. has booked me a huh. few things. So, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, <laughs> or it if does. you have more well, questions. I mean, I still think a lot of that world is, you know, all mystique and cloak mm-hmm. and dagger and like nobody wants to reveal secrets and that's fine to, yeah. you know, protect the process because it's a... I mean, I would imagine it's all a very mysterious process. You don't know what a casting director is looking for. And so they could see a hundred auditions and Mm -hmm. still be like, yeah, no. Yeah, and and sometimes it's not even the casting director because the casting director will be like, oh, I love this actor. Mm -hmm. And the client's like, nah, I want Mm. that one. So there's so many moving pieces in the art of getting booked. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's for me and I, I try my best not to be like a gatekeeper, um, because I had an actress, Lara Shaw in LA share so much information Mm. with me. So, you know, I have all these tips that I like, one thing is that I pretend I'm the only one who got brought in for the audition. Ah. (laughs) It's a, it might be a little like haughty, but it helps me not feel like anybody else and their work matters. Yeah. Cause I, I'm the only one who's been asked to audition for this. And so it just kind of takes off the air of having to impress versus just like, oh, okay, I'm here, I'm going to do a job, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to move on to the next thing. Um, And so that's helped a lot. And the other is just like, yeah, like, make the audition fun for you. And so some, the ones that I've booked the most, I've kind of, I've taken it, and then I've digested it and spit out a version that is fun for me. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, this makes me laugh. I don't care if yeah. it makes anybody else laugh because it's me. I'm cracking myself up here. Well, that, that is, uh, you know, in my however many interviews that I've done mm-hmm. now, that is always the thing that I latch onto the most is when a comic will say, well, I don't care about the outside world. <laughs> yeah. This joke makes me laugh. I love it. And that's why I'm going to tell it on stage. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I know what I like as opposed to, 
well, you know, I'll, I'll do this other joke because I saw so-and-so do mm-hmm. a joke like it. And so I just, you know, not necessarily copied it, but, you know, I tried to be like them. Yeah. And that never works, people. <laughs> I know. And that, that's kind of what I, that's where I'm at, I'm at in the world of stand-up right now is because like, like I said, the, the first, or I don't know if I said this before we were recording, but the first part of my set, there's a, it lands. Mm-hmm. And the last part of my set, and then there's about a minute in between that hasn't quite landed yet. Yeah. Makes me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm trying to find, okay, it makes me laugh because I'm the only one who understands what I'm talking about. So I don't think that's what I need to be doing. So yeah, there's a, there's a real art to finding ways of, you know, cracking yourself yeah. up, enjoying your own work, but also being pleasing enough to book or pleasing enough to watch. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a, yeah. it's an interesting dance. Yeah. <laughs> so how long ago did your agent realize that, that the, the musicality that you have is something that is worth like, you know, promoting and, and, and helping you with booking, you know, where this is all going to. Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I believe that's one of the reasons she signed me. I had kind of sent in a lot of my band experience Mm. and my music experience and, you know, videos and clips of me singing stuff that I've had on Spotify. And, um, because I think that, that, you know, I don't want to speak for her, but she does look for not only actors, but just, this sounds like I'm talking about myself, but talented people, <laughs> well-rounded people, but like people who can, you know, cause there's a lot of commercials that are like, we need uh, skateboarders. We need musicians. Mm. We need people who can juggle. We need. And so if she finds out that there are things about you that aren't, that are related to acting, but not like specific, Oh, I'm an actor and that's it. Yeah. She's going to be like, okay, this person can sing, this person can do this. And so, yeah, I think right away she, considered that because a uh-huh. lot of things that I had auditioned for before I started booking was like oh guitar player number two or like you know like <laughs> eating a sandwich and really liking it <laughs> and playing guitar <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you were recently you were able to finally reveal mm-hmm. that you you uh, landed a singing part on HBO's mm-hmm. Love and Death yeah was that your first part where you got to sing or have you been getting like little little tastes along the way and then you landed this big thing? Um, no, I think that that was the big thing. Wow. <laughs> that was the big thing. Amazing. I mean, I, I had done, like in music world, I had achieved a lot mm-hmm. here in Austin, you know, and in music world, I feel like, but it doesn't really translate to acting world. Casting directors don't don't care or know if you sold out mohawk on a friday you know they don't they're just like where you know who um so there's like a musical achievements but that was my first big like um crossover where i got to marry the two worlds in such a big way like in a way that i will brag about for like my whole like have you seen hbo you know that channel hbo (laughs) you do oh well (laughs) Let me tell you a story. <laughs> so what was that process like? I mean, you, I, I conjure up in my head, okay, it's an HBO show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, you must have been auditioning for five years and, <laughs> you know, talking to people nonstop. And... Yeah, it was, it was a long process for sure. Yeah. And it was funny. Um, I'm going to praise my agent again because <laughs> um, a lot of people in town went for a reporter role. But there was also a soloist role. And so my agent pitched me for that because she mm-hmm. knew I could sing. And she knew that the majority of people would be going out for this reporter role because it's a speaking part. It's uh-huh. a great role. But she was like, not all of them can sing. So I'm going to pitch her for that. And um, 
when I first read it, I was in a rush that day. Uh-huh. I didn't see that it was for HBO. <laughs> and actually, not that day, because it took, I had to learn the song. It was like the first little couple phrases. So it was only like a 30-second audition tape of uh-huh. the song. So I went on YouTube, and I couldn't find a, a female voice to that song. Oh, wow. Only guys. And super country, but I was like, okay, this is in the seventies in Texas. So I think it's got a little bit of country flavor. Yeah. And my mind went to Dolly Parton Mm. and I was like, okay, so let's do like some quick vibrato. Let's do some really quick, like pop-ups, like almost yodeling. Uh And so, um, I learned that. And then I kind of went to, you know, I think it was like Alan Jackson had the full song. And so I learned the full song even though I only needed the first 30 seconds sure. of it. And I, I, I sang it, I think, when I taped three times. And I did, I have this flannel, this brown flannel, vintage brown flannel shirt that I wear for anything that has like Texas, thing. I don't know. <laughs> like I, actors out there will probably, yeah, I have my mom's shirt. I have my, my construction worker uh-huh. shirt. I have, you know, you have these specific outfits. Threw on the flannel, put my hair in bobby pins because I was having a really bad hair day. <laughs> and I sang about three or four times acapella. And I went through the takes and I was like, oh, this one is so beautiful and technically pretty, but this one feels like way more emotional. So I submitted that one Mm. and uh, didn't hear back for a while. And then suddenly I got, uh, you know, an email that I had been pinned and pinned means it's me and maybe one or two other people that are being considered. Okay. And then that's when I saw pinned for HBO and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) 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 What was this for? (laughs) Did I even audition for this? And then I realized, I was like, oh, this is for HBO. I had no wow. idea at the time. Wow. I just went and like, I got to spit this audition tape out because I got to go to an improv show or I got to go do this. Like, I, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Um, Singing an old hymn. Okay, that's fun. But I got to, you know, so mm-hmm. that's when I found out it was for HBO was when I was pinned so for it. That and probably then, helped you to not, you know, attach any weight. If that was your mm-hmm. first time yeah. that you'd been like... Uh, put through the audition process for such a major channel. Yeah. That could have been, you know, yeah, I would have nerve wracking. I'm not above saying I would have gotten into my head. I think I would have gotten into my head, especially when I didn't find anybody like a woman singing that song. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's versions out there. I just couldn't find them. I would have been like, Oh no, you know, (laughs) but I had been, I had been practicing the art of like, approaching the audition as just a little piece of my day versus like a whole all day consuming thing. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I was very good about not doing a million takes. Like you get three, you're probably going to find what you need in one of those three takes. If you're doing your job right, that's what you're going to, you know. And, uh, so yeah, I, I'm kind of glad that that, I feel like it was a little serendipitous that I didn't know it was for HBO (laughs) until I was pinned for it. Uh And then, you know, that process was a lot, it was the longest process. I, I had to go through the holidays, um, because then I had booked it, but they weren't sure if they could give me an offer. Mm. because they didn't know if the scene was going to exist because ah. that happens too. Yeah. A lot of actors book major piece parts or even minor like mine, but mm-hmm. you know, big parts in big network TV and then it gets cut and they don't get to ever film it. And so I went through like my birthday. I went through Thanksgiving. I through, went through Christmas. I think I went through New Year's kind of just bragging that I had, not bragging, but like <laughs> telling my friends and family like, Hey, I've been pinned. Cause I was like, this might all, this might be the only thing I ever get to talk about. <laughs> And then, um, 
And then there was a little bit of like, we're, we're trying to get her, you know, we're trying, stay tuned, stay yeah. tuned. And then one day, I think I was still in bed. My agent was like, you're officially booked. They sent over an offer and a contract. And I was just, <sighs> oh my gosh. And they're like, you know, you're going to start doing this, this, and this, which I can't really talk about the, that kind sure. of what I had to do, uh, up until filming and the filming day. Oh, I can talk about filming day, but like, I was like, okay, gotta get to work, here we go. And uh, when I showed up, they were like, do you know the the first verse and the chorus? And I was like, well, yes, I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> originally, originally, it was, I wasn't even supposed to be on camera. Oh my gosh. It was an off-screen voice. Oh, wow. And I was only supposed to sing about 30 seconds, mm-hmm. 10 to 30 seconds. And I ended up getting a full minute and I got on to be on oh camera and... Um, I know this sounds silly, but one of the most exciting parts of that day was I got to be in holding with Jesse Plemons. <laughs> because when, when you're not filming and they're doing all the camera work, they'll send you to go sit um, in another place. And when we were filming, it was so cold. It was mm. so cold. I couldn't feel my feet. It was like five in the morning. Oh and gosh. so they have these warming rooms with snacks and water that you can go sit. Uh-huh. And I got to sit with Jesse Plemons and the two actors that play... Um, uh, Lily, Tom- Lily's parents, basically, and uh, that felt super cool because wow. I was like, "Oh, I'm in the main cast <laughs> chair right now." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> but yeah, I was still nervous. I was nervous to be on my phone. Everybody was on their phones, but I was like, "Mine's back in the trailer," <laughs> which was also really cool. The trailer had a fireplace, oh my and I God. was like, "Fancy!" Oh my gosh! And me, I'm texting the producer. I'm like, "Hey, can I um, um, can I pee in here?" <laughs> Because I didn't know if the bathroom yeah. worked. And they're like, yes, that's your bathroom. I was like, I'll just, I'll just curious. I don't want to be the actor that like goes to the bathroom in the trailer. And they're yeah. like, oh, it wasn't hooked up. Yeah. Then, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty oh, cool Oh, wow. And what, did the, the whole strike thing affect uh, your ability to, d- did it affect the release of the show? No, the strike okay. happened after. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just waited, um... A good while to post about it because I had po- I had made like a small Instagram post with a photo like thank a very like thank you for every everybody for everything uh-huh. post but then it dawned on me a year later that like everybody had posted videos of their work and I was like oh I guess I should <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like oh yeah because I had been talking to friends and they're like yeah you know still haven't seen it blah blah, blah. and so I was like oh I guess a year is a long enough time to yeah. you know okay here's my work here's yeah. a little snippet of my oops sorry here's a little snippet of my work yeah so. Cool, cool. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. And hopefully your agent uh, continues to work on your behalf and get you those cool little niche things that that suit your your talents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just just came back from Oklahoma booking a comedic commercial that Uh was really fun. And yeah, they they were really nice. They were one of the, one of my most favorite times on set. And they were kind of saying... um, yeah, we were surprised that the client went with the zany choice, <laughs> um, but we were really thrilled because we like we wanted to be goofy. Uh, we wanted to be uh, a bunch of dorks on yeah. set, and so when the client was like, "Let's not go safe. Let's go with the risky one." Nice, nice. And so yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> so yeah, my agent's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Good, 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 good. So you've you've been part of Cold Town now for a few years. Yeah, I think uh, at least two yeah. now. I'm trying to remember when I first started. 
because I, I spent a year in conservatory and I think I've been performing with them for a year now. I could be wrong. They could be listening and being like, oh, <laughs> Tiana, it's been three months. <laughs> but no, I've been there for a couple of yeah. years at least. Yeah. yeah. And you and I met at the Lysistrata Festival yeah. and you played kind of the you know, make, make everybody happy role, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, was was I was one of the co-producers. <laughs> yeah. um, and this year I'm, I'm kind of, you know, because that was my first year working. And so I was like, well, I can, I can beef out the green room. I can produce, like, the green room area, and I can, yeah. I can help with uh, performer experience. And so this year I'm diving pretty deep into that role of, like, performer experience. Yeah. And so once we get a theater locked down, I'll be, I've got, I can start employing all the ideas that I, that I have. But yeah, yeah that's how we met. Yeah. It was Alyssa Strata Comedy yeah. Fest. And not only that, but you were, I think, um, Twinsies was part of the, mm-hmm. the schedule. Yep. Uh, I missed it, so I still have not <laughs> seen it. But you, you wrote and directed? Directed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did you? perform in it? No, I really wanted to try my hand at directing. Uh-huh. I had kind of written it for me because uh-huh. um, it's based on a nanny. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and, but then I, um, I was in class with Maya Goodwin and I just was so blown away by her talent. Mm. And her and I were just kind of talking one day and I, and she, and I think I, no, I think we had been talking. She was like, yeah, I'm never getting I don't get cast. I don't get any big roles. I'm not, mm. I'm just, I'm not booking anything. And I had felt very similarly. And so I, um, I talked to my co-producer and I was like, I really want Maya for this role. Mm. I think she's got that subtle comedic timing that'll be perfect for it. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, I had originally written it for me, but then I was like, I honestly kind of just want to direct. I want to direct. I want to try it out. Yeah. And how was that experience? It was funny. <laughs> it was great. Um, I loved the, I found myself um, enjoying the producing aspect of it because mm. I had been on set. So I knew like, okay, what I wanted my set to be like. And I knew how like I wanted to be treated as an actor. So I was really fighting for my actors to be treated like royalty, yeah. you know, and, and it was, we had filmed during the pandemic toward when we were starting to come out of it, but we still all had masks. And so there was all this protocol that was really important to me yeah. and making sure everybody was safe and like craft services, you know, cause there was only, I was me and Steven Bueller and Audra Uresti pretty much did everything. Huh. And so we did craft services. We just put on all the hats. <laughs> and so for craft services, um, which is a table of snacks for everybody, it's communal. We had tote bags filled with daily like amounts ah. of crafts because I was like, I don't want people like sharing anything right now. But yeah, um, I loved the producing side of it. And then I loved working with the actors, huh. like in bringing out that performance. And Karen Rudy is one of my favorite actresses like in town, um, who's also signed with my agency. Mm. I just found her to be a dial. And what that, what that means to me is when I say, okay, to go, go le- slightly left, 0.0005 left yeah. up the dial, she can get there. Wow. And so it was so fun to work with her because I was like, I loved that. Now I want your objective to be this for just a completely different take. And she would nail it huh. every time. And so that aspect, those two aspects is what really gave me a lot of joy. But there was this one point that Stephen, who was my DP, looks over and he goes, yeah, what do you think? And I was like, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? And he's like, and he pulls me aside and he whispers, he's like, you have to make this decision. You're the director. I can't make it. And I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, do you not realize you're in charge of everything? 
<laughs> and I was like, no, I mean, I've been collaborating with the thought that I was just going to direct the actors. He's like, uh-huh. no, you have to like make all the decisions. Oh gosh. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like right when <laughs> right. we're feeling, I was like, oh gosh, like really? <laughs> and there's this running joke, like, um, what is a first time director always say? And it's, you know, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was interesting. I definitely, I had read a lot of books on directing, but I, I think I learned the most when we were on set that day and, and yeah. my buddy Steven was like, honey, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta make these calls. Oh gosh. Wow. And have you dabbled it in, in directing since? Not yet. Not with film. Okay. Not with film. Um, coaching improv teams. Yes. Which is a sense of, I feel like it yeah. kind of scratches that itch a little bit. I would like to direct a show, a co- uh, an improv show. Uh-huh. I think I've got an idea that I've been sitting on and mm. I kind of bounced it off one of my best friends in the improv community. And they were like, Ooh, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> so once I get it kind of crafted or whatever, I, uh-huh. I plan cold town. I hope you're listening. <laughs> I plan on pitching it. Um, cause I think it would be a really fun show. <laughs> Well, you know, what I have learned from having released an article about Cold Town Theater (laughs) on the Austin Chronicle last month in uh, November is... Oh, God. Time travelers. Uh, (laughs) They're really good about, you know, Mm -hmm. pitching ideas, and they're so supportive of, you know, different groups, and Mm -hmm. I, you know... Right, writing that article gave me such like warm feelings about yeah. who, who and what Cold Town is and what they represent. And yeah, yeah, yeah they're so caring. They're so caring. I just, yeah. I have really found a like a love for that group of people yeah. and for that theater. I mean, just yeah, they'll. They they are man. I feel like they're like another manager of mine, even yeah. though they don't realize it, and they're definitely not getting paid yeah. for it. But I just feel like they have taught me so much and helped. Like they're bumpers for people, like you know, bowling bumpers. Yeah, yeah. So when you're starting your comedic journey, you're like, I'm gonna have this, and they're like, that, 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 that. like <laughs> do this first, yeah. and then you're like, but I'm gonna jump to this, and they're like, no, 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 you gotta go down this lane first. Yeah. And it's uh, and so yeah, I feel like in the directing realm, it'd be great to direct an improv show. Yeah. Because I admire some of the like most of the directors who have directed improv shows mm-hmm. there and I'm like oh I want to my tag mm. tag me in coach like <laughs> I want to try uh you you seem like your personality is is trying lots of lots of different mm-hmm. things to just you know boost your your talent base and so stand up is another mm-hmm. one of those examples yeah you took Rochelle's class mm-hmm. Rochelle McConaughey teaches stand-up classes yeah and you took one of her classes and when you take a stand-up class, traditionally, mm-hmm. one of your final projects is is an actual showcase. Yep. So you you did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I told her. So that was, like, such a cool experience because, you know, um, I haven't, you know, I, I get nervous, but I haven't been scared mm. to perform. I haven't been scared in a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, just because of experience. I mean, all of us kind of find our groove. But stand-up was so new to me. Yeah. And I was not playing a character. And I was not creating a world that was fiction. Yeah. Fictional. I'm talking about myself. I'm you. talking about what happens in my brain. I'm talking, you know, and so it just felt so vulnerable. And so the class itself um, was so informative. And she, she was amazing at teaching stand-up. Yeah. But for me, I was terrified the whole time. <laughs> The whole time, I was absolutely terrified. I felt like such a fraud. I felt like the most unfunny person on planet Earth. And uh, so then to have a showcase with other comedians was intimidating. But 
with your friends and family, like it was such a nice send off because it was just like my jokes, all of our, like as you know, a class, all the jokes were received so well and yeah. so warmly. So like uh, in such a warm way that we felt, or I don't know, I'm going to speak for myself only. I felt pretty equipped to go to that first open yeah. mic. I was like, well, dang, I mean, if I can make, <laughs> if I can make at least a few people laugh, I think yeah. I can try it again. So yeah, the showcase was, was pretty awesome. Um, and one thing I like about Rochelle's teaching stand up is she teaches a lot of the, um, not only how to craft a joke and craft your own style, but etiquette. Oh, etiquette is good. huge for yeah. me because Boom Chicago was really good about teaching improv etiquette. Mm. And that's important to me. I don't, I'm a firstborn, like rules and like <laughs> etiquette. That's, that's my jam. <laughs> and so when Rochelle was like, when they flash the light, you acknowledge the light. Uh-huh. You don't ignore it. Um, when it goes light, you know, flash, 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 wrap it up. And yeah. so like, I was like, ooh, rules. This is, <laughs> I, love I love it. And so one of my, I know this sounds so silly, but what, you know, we had our showcase filmed uh-huh. um, and one of my proudest moments wasn't one of the jokes. It was me acknowledging the light because I was like, I did it. I followed the rule. But I just thought that that was like such a cool extra thing to learn because when I went to that open mic, you could tell some of the comics hadn't been taught that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you're just like, wow, thanks Rochelle for that heads up because that's, I want to, I want to start as professional as po- yeah. professionally as possible so that I don't have to take myself so seriously, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And as a as a booker of shows, <laughs> I you you appreciate when somebody follows, you know, the the proper etiquette yeah. of shows. And and if you if you break the etiquette rules too often, then hmm. there's only a smaller and smaller subset of bookers that are willing to tolerate that. Right, because so. you're like, I got a three-minute spot, and this person is notorious for doing seven. Yeah. And not, like, you have to cut the mic off in order for them to leave the state. I mean, you can be funny and professional at the yes, same time. I know it's hard to believe, <laughs> but, you know, work ethic is super... Yeah. I mean, it, it translates into acting. It translates into music, you know? Yeah. If you show up and you're playing, uh, you know a 30, 45 minute set and uh-huh. you're going over an hour, that band behind you is like, get off the stick, you yeah. selfish, you know, ale. Like, get <laughs> off the stick. Yeah. So yeah, um, the fact that Rochelle taught etiquette and also just kind of like, hey, heads up, this is how th- the world works yeah. in stand-up yeah. was super helpful. Yeah. I hang on to uh, a very, very bitter part of myself. It's probably, it was definitely before the pandemic. Uh, it was probably... Like 2016, 17, uh, South by Southwest show, where a comic who was the host just displayed such unprofessional behavior, and I could not believe how much she disrespected the headliner through her behaviors, and uh, to this day, yeah, I just gag, and I will avoid going to shows if this person Mm -hmm. is on this festival show and I am just stunned at like the successes that she has attained because I'm like if she was that unprofessional in this festival like big name festival context has is she still this bad and people just tolerate her yeah yeah that that's I think one thing that don't that people don't understand is um your display of unprofessionalism sticks with people 
and they remember it because yes. we do, we do yeah. because I know this sounds very preachy, but there is respect is important. Yeah. Respecting the time is respecting your fellow comics, respecting yeah. your time limit is respecting the headline. I mean, yeah. there's so much that respect and maybe this is from being raised in San Antonio. <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah. respect Military, is, in, yeah, yeah, just like you gotta, you gotta respect, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. um, and so your professionalism or lack thereof will stick with people. They will remember you one way or the other. Yeah. Do you want them to remember you as a person you don't want to book or avoid shows uh, so you don't have to see them? Yeah. Or do you want to be remembered as somebody who's reliable and who they can book at a moment's notice? Yeah. And that, I feel, opens the door for more opportunity than taking that extra minute, mm-hmm. that extra minute at, yeah. a, at a festival <laughs> because this might be your shot. It's like, yeah. no, respect the person who put you on that stage. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. I'm going to get real passionate here. I'm, I'm, I'm like, rules. I'm a firstborn. <laughs> They're important. <laughs> well, uh, Tiana, I didn't warn you about this ahead of time, but I usually midway through, and we're like at, you know, almost mm-hmm. an hour, of this holiday episode. Holiday. Um, where should we begin? Have you heard of this? No. Have you heard of Esther Perel? Uh, no. She's like this famous psychologist, and she she wrote oh. this card game, and it's all open ended questions. So yes. I'm oh, picking I love this. these two cards, and we're just gonna do a little. It's a little improv game, I guess. Oh man, this is where if your you listeners find it. out I did not yeah. do improv well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you are going to do is you're gonna point to a card that you want me to read to you. Okay. So just point to the one you want. Okay. Do it now. Oh, okay. I'll do it right Okay. There. So I'm going to read this one to you after you read Yay. that one to me. Okay. And we'll see how bad I am. <laughs> <laughs> We're only very good. Okay. Um, so your prompt is, the last time I felt lost. Oh, the last time I felt lost. It's got some ellipses there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Does that even happen anymore with GPS? Um <laughs> What about inner GPS? Oh, God. Yeah, energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like it's a constant, <laughs> constant state, to be yeah. honest. Have any of us ever been found? Yeah. <laughs> Founders. Yeah. So I, I'm going through this uh, interesting stage of life because I live with my mother, as, mm-hmm. as, I, as I told you before. Uh, and I also live with my teenage son. So it's very interesting being in a multi-generational yeah home and sure. uh the thing that uh causes me to feel lost is seeing this person who raised you who was your best mm-hmm. friend when you were a teenager even though I was a really really bratty shitty <laughs> daughter at times yeah uh who you'd love to go to the mall and go on walks with and who you know would just do anything for you lose that ability yeah. to do the basic things and um seeing that firsthand because we've only been uh, living together for I guess it's getting close to two years now so it's still pretty fresh still fresh and just watching that happen before your very eyes it's like oh god yeah it's it's it does make you feel lost I I yeah I can imagine there's this quote that I love and it and it's it's more of like when you lose a pet but it's it's like something about the cruel irony is when you want the person or, or, you know, pet or whoever you go to for that comfort or for that reassurance Mm -hmm. is no longer the one that can give it to you. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the heartache of it all. It's like the person that you would be like, 
comfort me, hold yeah. me, yeah. Uh, you know, can't like, that's so rough. Yeah. That's yeah. so rough. Yeah. So well, that's my answer. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if there wasn't a table between us, I'm going to hug you so hard Aww. after this. <laughs> Ooh, this, this should be interesting. Okay. So Tiana, the last time I doubted myself. Oh. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. First thing that pops to my head is I doubt myself quite often all the time mm. in, in little ways. Um, I try not to so much anymore. Um, I think I'm, I, I think now is a pretty good time. I, I, um, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm, I'm close to ending another decade of age. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a lot of thoughts about like, you know, I haven't done a lot of the things a lot of my peers have done. Mm in the, the world, you know, in, in life, yeah. you know, I'm child free. Um, I've been married twice. <laughs> I've, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm trying to tie a bow around before this next decade starts of yeah. my life. And, um, yeah, like acting is picking up and I'm, I'm booking regularly enough to feel good about. There's a lot of things in my life right now that I'm feeling good about, but on a bigger bigger picture I'm kind I'm I'm I don't know maybe I'm answering your question about feeling (laughs) lost but I'm there's there's doubt there's a little bit of doubt like um I feel like there's this crossroads that isn't here yet but I'm coming up onto it um do I want to settle in Texas probably not Mm. do do I want to try Chicago out do I want to try LA that's sounding pretty tempting yeah um or do I want to make a home here? You know, there's so many things that I'm just kind of like, and then in doubting myself as a performer, um, acting in the acting world, it's gotten a lot better. Like, um, age isn't really a factor as much as you would think. Yeah. Um, a lot of actors get, you know, their start and I'm doing start in air quotations <laughs> here because, you know, you could be working for a long time and, yeah. and, and that's successful. That is successful. But yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of age questions that are starting to kind of permeate my shield as a performer and as a person and just kind of like, am I making the right decision here? Mm. Am I making the right decisions here? Um, for me, for my family, for people in my life that I love. So yeah, I feel like this time period, um, the last year or so I've been feeling it quite heavily. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Just kind of like, Ooh, do I have the, do I have what it takes to make big decisions? And, you know, you always feel like your life is about to change and you can feel it coming, but you're like, is that because of a decision I'm going to make or the universe is going to make for yeah, me? Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting a little bit of doubt right now. Uh, yeah. Well, to echo the words of, of your DP for twinsies, <laughs> Tiana, you're going to have to make that decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. You're the director of yeah. your life, babe. You gotta, you know, pull yeah. up the bridges and yeah. do it. Just, just make a decision. Yeah, I, I know. For me, I feel like a lot of my life is driven by. Well, I'm just gonna go flow with the river, and those oh. are that's gonna be how my decisions are made. Mm-hmm. And it is tough when I actually have to make yeah. a decision. I don't like it at all. So yeah, I, I feel very similarly. I feel like I, I try to pursue but never force. But there are yeah. times in your life where you're like, I think I have to force this for yeah. my own good or for the good of others. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. 
Because I, where I don't, I don't feel like either of us are that type of person to be like my way or the highway. Right. But exactly. sometimes it comes down to like protecting your inner peace, protecting yourself, protecting your family, and you're like, mm. oof, I gotta, oof, this is gonna be hard. Here yeah. we go. It's my way or the highway, you know. Yeah. And you have to like stand your ground and put your foot down, yeah. and it's and it's rough. I think especially for creators and for artists, because mm-hmm. we are very sensitive. Yes. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> For any artist who's out there is like, no, I'm made of steel. I'm like, mm, yeah. I beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, the one thing that I know we haven't talked about mm-hmm. at all, really, maybe in my introduction, is your band. Yeah. Hollow. Hollow. Yeah. Uh, no, you were very excited when you were t- telling me about, about your band when we met in... February? Was it February? Yeah, I think it was February. At the festival. Mm-hmm. And what's yeah. going on with, with your band these days? Yeah, um, so we are putting the final touches on an, on an album. <gasps> on an album. Exciting. We were going to do an EP, but then we were like, we have enough songs, let's, uh-huh. let's do an album. Uh-huh. Um, and so right now we're in the studio, and I'm just putting on, I'm just doing um, all the harmonies right now. Because uh-huh. I have a harmony pedal that I use for the stage. And I was like, well, you know, I perform with it. Let's let's do that. Uh-huh. But I can hear the difference between organic and raw harmonies uh-huh. and like a real voice versus like the pedal. And because uh, I, I was, I had no problem cheating. I was just like, yeah, let's just use the pedal. I use it for live anyways. Uh-huh. Who cares? It's my music. But then I heard it and I was like, oof. It's <laughs> wow. going to be a few more months because I got to I gotta do all the harmonies. So we're wrapping up all the harmonies and then we're going to send it off for mixing and mastering. Hopefully Eric Wofford will still be available. He did our, our single. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope to release that. We got a show uh, December. Huh. Um I don't know, which may or may not have happened at this point. <laughs> yeah, because this is our holiday, Christmas, New Year's episode. Yeah, so so there's a show in December, or was a show in December, um, that we're playing uh, with a friend who's releasing their EP. We're uh-huh. um, really excited for them. And uh, yeah, so it's still there. We've just been spent, we've spent this whole year in the studio. Just, um, we record ourselves in our home, and uh, which is so lovely. And so, yeah, we are, we are almost done. And wow. I, I know we, we kind of had high hopes that it would have been finished by now. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just couldn't let those, I couldn't let the pedal do the harmonies. Yeah. So we're, we're tracking those <laughs> and we're finishing song by song, um, just adding harmonies where they need to be. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll be having an album release party pretty soon and a show. Nice. And then once that's out, we're going to start booking shows quite often. Right now we've, you know, we booked quite a few shows and we played a few shows, but we're writing on one song released right mm. now so mm. while we have the whole set and we're playing 45 minutes of material on stage yeah. there's nothing for people to listen to later yeah except for one song so yeah we've been spending it's still there wow. it's just kind of uh in a little secret <laughs> it's <laughs> happening at home uh-huh. mm. wow you are so busy yeah i don't Juggling, know like so many different things i mean all in the creative universe but so different do you do you find parallels between the the music part of you and what you're doing with your band to uh, improv and even tackling stand up and acting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially in the realm of group dynamics, mm. um, being in a band is hard. You're in a you're in a group of very you know sensitive artistic people yeah. who are all wanting to contribute their ideas, and I feel like that's the same with an improv team. You know, yeah. and um, and now I'm teaching improv, so uh-huh. I'm I'm kind of taking what I've learned in band dynamics and and helping like teams form and like learning to to collaborate in a uh-huh. way that works for everyone. 
Um, so that's a, a good parallel. And then um, just kind of performance-wise, it's like, you know, every art form has a lull or has a season, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Hmm. For me, my acting picks up in a certain part of year. And the other time when it's slow, it's like, oh, good. I, now my music uh, picks me up. Yeah. So it's like I, I'm jumping from canoe to, can, you uh -huh. know, canoe in order yeah. to stay on the river. And so, <laughs> yeah. So like I, and they all, they're all on the same river, which makes it easy for me. And that's another yeah. reason that helps like with acting. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I can knock out this audition. Because I, but I got to go because I have a show tonight downtown, mm -hmm. you know? And so there's a little bit that kind yeah. of just keeps me from getting into my own head. Um, and with improv, just being on stage in, a bunch of, uh, in front of a bunch of people often mm -hmm. helps. Um, like, you know, I've done it with music and I've done it with theater and I've done it with acting. So it helps with improv. Stand-up was terrifying, I got to <laughs> say. But um, I'm not, I'm not uh, foreign to the mic. So yeah. that was that was something that felt very familiar was getting up there with a mic and and talking to people is is it, the only piece that really was sticky was just the vulnerable piece of it because yeah. music it's all coded right you might not know who I'm singing about <laughs> right. but there I'm just like yeah no I'm talking about my dad or you know like I'm talking about you in the audience right there sorry so yeah there, I think it all I think it all. Um, Com or uh, crosses over in yeah. a way that's that's really helpful for each piece sure and improv yeah. has helped me with my music and like well saying not saying too many dumb things while I'm <laughs> tuning you know just uh -huh. being more interactive with the crowd so and yeah. same with stand-up mm -hmm. very cool yeah cool is there anything we haven't talked about that you want people to know oh man um no I mean right now I am um I'm, you know, it's holiday season, yes. so uh, <laughs> one thing I'm trying to do is relax a little bit uh -huh. more and, and say no to a few things just to have some days off. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, right now I do have a couple of projects that are super hot. Um, I just can't talk about them yet mm. due to NDAs. Sure. And so like that's, and it's with writing. Ooh. With writing scripts. Oh, exciting. So I'm, that's another area that I have sprouted into oh that gosh, I'm Gianna. really enjoying. And uh, so I can't, again, like, I wish I could talk about it right uh, now, maybe maybe in, in a few months or a year, but I'm super excited about yeah. that. And that, I mean, I have my agent to thank for that as well. So... Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like, she's like, you wrote Trinsies, so let's get you writing. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, and I was just recently gifted um, f final draft by a person who wants to work wow. with us and me in the writing field. So it's just like, I feel, oh my gosh. yeah, so I'm like. You're well, on your way to being a full-fledged multi-hyphenate. <laughs> or Look somebody who just has no time for self-care. I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Next time you see me, I'm just going to be like this you know, dried out, shriveled, like corpse of a person just being like, but I had a script I wrote. <laughs> I wish, I wish the listeners could see me right yeah. now. I'm making a very funny face, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I'm just, I can't sit still. Yeah. I can't sit still. That's what I'm gathering. <laughs> Sitting with my own thoughts? Ew, Ooh, no. Yeah, <laughs> Let me right. open my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, it is time it for is your time. closing question. Okay. One word to describe your future. Oh. <sighs> blissful. Oh, That's I like what, that. Yeah, blissful. Hopeful. <laughs> Hopefully it's blissful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like... Uh, 
I've, I'm, I'm hitting a stride where I'm doing enough things that bring me enough joy to, you know, hopefully relieve the doubt yeah. that I was talking about earlier. And, and either way, I think that's a gift of getting older and just kind of getting out of like the young mindset is just like, it's, it's okay to just be happy on your own terms. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be happy on everybody else's terms. Yeah. So I'm hoping that leads to a blissful future of whatever I end up yeah. doing, wherever I end up living, whether <laughs> or not I dive. I mean, I'm planning on picking stand-up. Uh, me and a friend who was in that class were, uh, were talking about, especially like come January, start uh-huh. writing more and getting into more open mics. So hopefully okay. that'll be in the future as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Before your uh, spring is taken up by planning for Lysistrata. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah, we're, we're, we're planning now. We've been planning for yeah. a while. In fact, as soon as I leave here, uh-huh. I'm going to go and help Rochelle with a, a task for uh-huh. Lysistrata. So... <laughs> Yeah, and I'm so excited for it. It's going to yeah. be so fun this year. Yeah. 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 Having been at the first one in New Orleans, I was so, so happy that oh, that's Cold right. Town was the, the new home. So. Oh, yeah. And glad that it's going to be its home for, you know, year three, hopefully many more yeah. as it uh, grows and grows. Yeah. It's a, it's a good festival. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of heart mm-hmm. and a lot of comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it, it was funny. Yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> even when I like, even, you know, just doing the producer side of things, uh-huh. I had a great time. So yeah, yep. it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a damn good festival. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Tiana Stewart. Tell us where we can find you on social media and promote the projects that you're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sense some bitterness there. <laughs> you're like, I invite you on my podcast and then you don't tell me everything. Um, yeah, um, I live on Instagram. I'm not really a Facebook person. Instagram has all the links to stuff. So it's Tiana, T-I-A-N-A, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T-A-T-X. Yeah. And, uh. You are hard to Google. (laughs) Because my research ahead of time is Googling and there are a lot of Tiana Stewart's out there. (laughs) But only one and it's the best and that's me. (laughs) Tiana Banana. Tiana Banana. Yeah. So just find me on Instagram because that's kind of where I post everything that I'm doing except the stuff I keep from Valerie and now she's Uh mad at me. (laughs) Oh, yep, yep, yep. And you can watch her on Love and Death on that little channel called HBO. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, Val. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Tiana got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham presents Tiana Stewart. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Tiana. Thank you.